The Cleveland Browns have signed defensive tackle Taven Bryant, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Browns have made a trade. Mac Wilson moves to the New England Patriots in an exchange for Chase Vinovich. Defensive end J.C. Treader has been released. The Browns have moved on from their longtime stalwart at the center position. All of this and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things to all pound LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by the Locked On podcast network your team every day your host jeff lloyd at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd the show itself at lockdown browns we appreciate everybody makes lockdown browns their first listen day in day out whatever podcast platform you use make sure you're following or subscribe to lockdown browns podcast five-star ratings and written reviews sports illustrated browns digest pete smith is in the house we are going to get to your browns free agent activity Thus far, and you know, some of the moves have been made here over the past, let's say now about uh 34. I'm sorry, tw- I'm sorry, 26 hours as legal tampering began yesterday at noon. Um, obviously, most of the day went off very, very quiet. Um, Cleveland Browns wise, uh, a lot of activity, a lot of movement. Um, certainly for the Browns, obviously, somehow, some way, some of their interests might be somewhere else. We're not going to get to that here. We're going to get to what's been done to this point. Um, Browns got on the board yesterday. First move um, of the offseason as far as free agency, you know, discounting, obviously, the Amari Cooper move over the weekend. Uh, Browns bring in defensive tackle Taven Bryant, formerly the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, deal is one year with a max of $5 million. Um, the Tavon Bryant, this, this is eerily similar of moves that Andrew Berry and the Browns like to do. Look, he's a really, really plus athlete. This is what got him in the draft drafted in the first round a few years ago by the Jacksonville Jaguars at the university of Florida, um, kind of banked on the athleticism. The play wasn't there. Um, certainly didn't perform, you know, up to the level of a first round pick in his time in Jacksonville. You make this move here, um, you know, Pete and I were talking about it when the first move went down. Um, I'm not sure this is much of a big difference between Jordan Elliott and also Tommy Togi as far as where both players are. Um, right now, we'll, you know, some of them would have to start. I, there's still work to be done there, in my opinion. But Pete, Taven, Bryant, uh, definitely not anything that's going to move the needle. And maybe our thoughts here as far as a true run stuffer for the Browns. Maybe it's going to be the same equation they went with last year, just maybe different names. Well, uh, Taven Bryan, in a lot of ways, is like Malik McDowell with less um, of a downside, like in the way that Malik McDowell is currently dealing. Um, but he's a, in, in Taven Bryan's case, 26. Malik McDowell was 25. Um, former high round pick. Uh, Malik McDowell, second round. Uh, Taven Bryant, first round. Guys who are athletic and have tools that sort of haven't worked out, and you're taking a shot. Um, and and that said, I mean, I think Malik McDowell was wasn't used in the way they had ultimately intended by virtue of the fact that they just didn't have enough guys. Taven Bryant is here to be a designated pass rusher from the inside in a perfect world. I mean, that's 
he that's what he's done better than anything else in his career to this point. Um, he, you know, he's generated some pressure. He's got 5.5 sacks and his career to this point, which is not great. Uh, very athletic has tools. And maybe if you get a nice rotation around him, um, the, the situation works. Like if you get one of these nice defensive ends signed, the Browns are allegedly in talks with multiple, you have miles Garrett and you get in third and 11, Taven Bryan may be really good for, for that, what that might look like. Uh, as to the other part of this, uh, it's been rough for the Browns in terms of seeing defensive tackles that might have been mm-hmm. good fit in terms of the age go off the board. Um, the only thing I would push back a little bit on that is they are getting paid quite a bit. Um, DJ Jones was sort of the guy that seemed like he made the most sense, and he's getting $10 million per season to play in a city that is not far from where he – lived the past couple of years who's arguably one of the favorites to to contend now in the Denver Broncos like you know the Browns could have put forward a great effort and just lost by virtue of those things and it would be difficult to blame them and I don't know if you really want to pay 10 million dollars a season for a run-stopping nose guard and that's not to say that DJ Jones is, is a bad player because he's quite good um, same thing with Folu Fadakasi. He's getting $10 million a year. Harrison Phillips, his contract was a little bit more reasonable with Minnesota. Um, but that's a, a good amount of money for maybe a position the Browns don't want to invest that much in. So what you're looking at now is uh, the some some interesting options they've got. Like older guys that are still effective, still proven run defenders. Um, and two guys that stand out right now um, are uh, Michael Pierce, because after the after the Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota Vikings signed uh, Harrison Phillips, they released Michael Pierce. So he was released, which means that he wouldn't count against your compensatory pick formula, which at least for the moment seems like the Browns are trying to to, to work with. Um, if they can, like in a perfect world, they traded for Amari Cooper, obviously. If they were able to sign a guy like Zadarius Smith, who was released, and a guy like, you know, in this case, uh, Michael Pierce or or uh, Goldman from the Bears, um, none of those guys would go against the comp pick formula. And then if Jadevian Clowney signs somewhere else, uh, then the Browns would get a comp pick. Like that, we'll see if they are able to sort of make that work. But ultimately, it seems like the Browns are trying to do that as something the Ravens have done every year. Um, except this year, uh, to 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 keep those picks flowing in, to keep giving yourself shots to add assets. So uh, Goldman is out there. Michael Pierce is out there. Linval Joseph is out there. He's uh, with, has been with the Chargers uh, a couple years after playing a while for the the Vikings, and even back with the Giants. He's been around the league for a while. Akeem Hicks is still out there. Calais Campbell is still out there. There are guys. Um, that you can come in and do the job. That, that that seems to be where the Browns are at. And if you get a couple of these guys and you're paying like, you know, three, four, five million dollars for that, and they are effective, then you're in a really, really good spot. Um, but obviously, right this second, it doesn't feel too great because you don't have any of these guys, um, and and you know, resources are, are becoming limited on that front. But there are some guys that are certainly out there that they can attack, can still grab and still feel good about what they're doing, allowing them to send resources elsewhere, like if they were to get a Zaria Smith. 
For me, um, and, and look, the edge rushers, I, I mean, that's not really the one where I'm not concerned. And look, you know, it, and we, you know, probably should calm our rules with this sometimes because with the Browns, obviously the ideal position for the Cleveland Browns is to get themselves a nickel and dime as fast as possible. They feel that is their best unit. They feel that's where their best players are. So hopefully having, you know, the run stuff in defensive tackle, yeah, that'd be nice, but it'd be a luxury because, you know, look, the Browns want to get to playing more secondary, faster linebackers on the field anyway and getting maybe some of the bigger, you know, get some more of the size essentially off the field. Um, of, you know, you mentioned Afadakusi and, uh, you know, certainly DJ Jones, both players going at 10 million plus. For me, Pete, the one that was kind of the one that was a little bit of a tougher to swallow was the Harrison Phillips at three years, you know, 19.5, because it seems like a nice workable number for what you wanted, you know, hopefully what he would have brought here as far as his role. You know, the other two, I agree, the money, that's definitely something they, you know, probably got out of way before it got to even $30 million. But for me, Harrison Phillips, that was the one where it was like, oof, wow, really? Yeah, look, I mean, that's the the the, the danger of free agency. I mean, you know, the, right now there has been very little movement on the wide receiver front because teams are trying to to basically go, look, we saw what Christian Kirk got. We're, we're not doing that. And you've, so all this is slowed down. So Allen Robinson still hanging out there uh, and, and some of those other guys because the Jaguars just completely upset the apple cart and, and sort of, have have created this unrealistic expectation but this is sort of what happens in free agency you're at the mercy of trying to outbid other teams in addition to making the, the fits and all these other things so um that is why I, I i'm not a fan in general of free agency but you you have to work with with what's available and the browns need need to address some things um and going further here you know obviously as pete said plenty of players still on the market uh, and Michael Pierce uh, that might be a guy to just fit this job as far as playing first down goal line, you know, straight run opportunities. He's somebody to look at, you know, continuing to monitor here, you know, keep in mind Malik Jackson, when he was signed last year, it was definitely late in the process. I think it was almost Friday night, like dinner time by the time they had uh, brought Malik Jackson into the fold. Um, you know, so still, you know, doing their diligence, watching the monitor, you know, watching the market, monitoring the market and the defensive line as it goes. Uh, obviously another one was brought in this morning here. We're going to get to that in a second here. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith in the house here with Jeff Lloyd, uh, trying to make the, uh, you know, basically sense of the moves the Browns have made to this point. Obviously Browns maybe with their eyes on a big prize. Um, and we'll see how all that goes and just something again, we're not going to address that here. Uh, today, obviously, other Browns news that we can certainly get to. It is that time of the year again, as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport, sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Now, this morning, uh, a trade between the Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots. Mac Wilson has been moved to the New England Patriots. Um, Mac Wilson, obviously a, a fifth-round selection in the 2019 NFL draft for the Cleveland Browns under the John Dorsey regime. Played a lot his first two years. Um, you know, part of it was Christian Kirksey's injury in 2019, 2020. There wasn't a lot of linebackers here. 2021, you saw more of a a, a watered down role for Mac Wilson. 
which actually worked for Mac Wilson. Uh, played more in run situations. He was better at it. Um, a smaller dose suited Mac Wilson. Always been a special teams presence. I'm not going to say an outstanding one, but certainly somebody that's contributed in special teams for the Browns over the years. Um, he gets moved for a 2019 draft mate, number 77 overall, Chase Winovich. Uh, Chase was out of Michigan, uh, three years with the Patriots, 21. Didn't see a lot of playing time. There was about a month or so uh, stint on injured reserve for Chase Winovich. Um, you know, there's 11 career sacks. A couple of things from this right away that, you know, come to mind for me, Pete. A number one is he maybe what you're looking for as far as the Tech McKinley role. And the first one, and this is the first one I messaged you today, Pete, when I saw it was, how in the world are two guys that are on the fourth year of their rookie deals, one was drafted 77th and one was drafted 155th, and how in the world are the Browns making money on this deal? It didn't make sense, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, Mac Wilson was one of the guys I identified as a, as a guy the Browns might want to move. Um, he's 24 years old. That has value to certain teams. New England Patriots make sense for the sake of the fact that uh, Bill Belichick certainly can easily find, get a hold of Nick Saban to ask him about players. In addition to whatever he's seen with the Browns, Mac Wilson didn't play as much this year as he had in past years because the Browns got better at linebacker, but he played more on special teams, which may help him, may have helped him become more attractive to, to a team like the Patriots. Um, but the bottom line is there just weren't reps for him. And if, and if uh, some of the other guys that they had out this year are healthy next year, then there are even fewer reps for uh, a guy like Mac Wilson. So he became expendable from that standpoint. And he had a $2.54 million salary this year uh, in part because of uh, escalators due to playing time, which is a weird little thing within rookie contracts. Um, Mac Wilson, obviously his rookie year, he played a ton of snaps because they, they had all those injuries. Um, and, and he's played a lot of snaps over those first two seasons to sort of earn a higher uh, amount of money th this, this season. Um, Chase Winovich, uh, third round pick in the same draft that uh, Mac Wilson was a fifth round pick. Um, he was a stand-up edge rusher for the Patriots for two years where he was okay. Um, you know, 5.5 sacks each of those two years. The second one, I think he had something like 37 pressures, which is pretty good. And then this past year, the Patriots got better at edge. They brought in uh, guys that could do more damage than him. And he sort of yeah, got free locked. Judon. Yeah, Matthew, Matt, Matt Judon. Judon. Matt, Matthew Judon, Judon certainly played a role wasn't the only guy they brought in, but they, you know, they basically did what the Browns did. They, they got better at that position. He became expendable um, and he didn't play a lot this past year. So he sort of became a forgotten guy for them. And uh, you know, in the same way, the Browns have a guy that they probably weren't going to use. Um, they got, uh, they, they, they traded a guy that they, they didn't have a whole lot of reps for. So um, certainly it seems like, uh, that, that a guy like Vinovich could could at least get a shot to play that Tack McKinley role. He's a stand-up guy, he, you know that that nine technique. He tested really well coming out of college. Um, now the thing was at that point is when he came out of Michigan, I was surprised he went as early as he did because he's 24, which sort of 
shows you the perils of drafting older players. And again, it doesn't mean that Chase Winovich didn't find a role there. It's just you're kind of hoping you get more out of a third-round pick than than they did. Um, so he gives them an opportunity, but also doesn't stop them from looking to continue to spend in free agency or ultimately draft later. Um, his it, it, the, the thing, and it ultimately wouldn't matter in the end um, if Mac Wilson wasn't going to make the team, but um, or, or you know if. Right this second, it gives the Browns $1.5 million of cap space, which is kind of useful for right this second. By the time the 53-man roster came around, it probably wouldn't. But at least for this moment in time, getting a little bit of extra wiggle room doesn't hurt. Um, and for both of these players, the first thing you think, Pete, is this is one of those situations where um, you know it could have been time that either team, you know, probably both players would have went to camp with the prospective teams. Um, but it comes to one of those situations where maybe your time is up here. Um, and for you know the Patriots, you know Bill Belichick loves his linebackers. Uh, you highlighted the Alabama um, your relationship there, and you know, hey, you know, where do I got to poke Mac Wilson uh, to get him a little bit better? Or you know, what I'm saying, what do I got to do to get inside his head, get under the hood, so to speak, uh, to get a little bit more out of him? Uh, so there is that advantage. Uh, certainly, the Browns. We talked about this. There is one defensive end on the roster. Curtis Weaver is on the roster. Not really sure where his standing is with one game played in two years time with the team to this point. Um, so you go that, you look at it a little bit deeper. So it, it could have been one of these where, look, it ain't working out for this guy here anymore. It ain't working out for that guy there anymore. Hey, maybe it's, you know, we have a better situation for him. You might have a, a better situation, you know, for Mac Wilson. So you get that swap, but second Browns move here after uh, the tampering period has begun on Monday. Yes, folks, we already did the Amari Cooper episode. If you didn't get to it, make sure you do. It was fantastic by the way. Um, just nosing around here, and we'll get we'll sneak one in here before we get to the you know final segment, uh, you know on the you know unfortunate news with JC Treader, obviously, uh, but just poking around the AFC North to this point. First things, you know, a little quick hit on each team. First thing you noticed was Cincinnati, Pete. It wasn't going to fool anybody. I mean, everybody knew what needed to be done, even though they made it to the Super Bowl, had a shot to even win the Super Bowl. This offensive line was disastrous. Um, I don't think they've made monumental moves as far as you know the players they've acquired to this point have they upgraded from what they currently had yeah you can say yes to that um but you can see with the Bengals, obviously you know the holes that they had their biggest glaring need was quite evident and the Bengals kind of got right to work with it yeah i mean that was the expectation the Bengals were going to get linemen and they did ted karras and uh, alex kappa um give them some help uh, Alex Kappa. I guess Alex Kappa wasn't cool enough to stay in Tampa with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the 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 problem they have is that they they are strapped for cash right now, and they have to figure out some ways. So they're probably going to draft somebody who's going to have to start for in front of Tom Brady, which is <coughs> scary thought. Uh, but Ted Karras may be their center. Um, Cap is an okay guard. He's not a great pass protector, which is curious, but he does run block pretty well. Um, the, the question for the Bengals was, we knew they were going to go get offensive linemen. Were they going to be able to keep their guys? Um, I was surprised they kept B.J. Hill, and they're paying him. So the Bengals next year are going to have three defensive linemen who are going to make about $15 million each in D.J. Reader, B.J. Hill, and Trey Hendrickson, which is interesting. Um, so I don't know if it sort of changes the narrative on the Bengals and spending, but 
I did not think they were going to do that. Now, they also saw Larry Ogunjobi go to the Bears, and they saw C.J. Uzama go to the New York Jets, which I thought was a really nice signing for the New York Jets. I think Uzama is an underrated tight end, um, good pass catcher and blocker. Um, I, I think he's always sort of been underrated in Cincinnati, so I, I think that was a, a good move for them. But they, I don't know if the Bengals have really moved the needle per se, but they're at least addressing issues that they had to address. Um, and Brandon Thorne uh, with Bleacher Report, part of Brent Sobolewski's team, um, you know, really, you know, very. Uh, offensive line centric personality and he agreed with it um obviously upgrades from what the you know the Bengals had um but certainly by all means you know you're not talking about you know building an offensive line certainly that's you know anywhere would be mentioned possibly with the you know a team like the Cleveland Browns um but you have to you know you got to do something you got to try something um you know with Joe Burrow obviously it's rookie year you saw a guy who's soaring along and uh, obviously the ACL injury boom just like that any potential that season was over um you saw the magic of Joe Burrow Jeremiah Chase um, you know, Higgins and obviously uh, Tyler Boyd last year, along with uh, Joe Mixon, you figure improved O-line play. You're going to keep, you know, more people hopefully off of Joe Burrow. Took a ton of hits last year, a ton of sacks last year. There were times, I mean, you know, you were literally, you know, almost had to cover your eyes. But, you know, Joe Burrow can play um, and most advantageous route for the Cincinnati Bengals to continue the success of the 2021 season is to keep him upright and without a question, keep him healthy. We are going to get to uh, a couple things, uh, a couple last things here. Uh, you know, obviously the news broke today. The Browns have moved on from J.C. Treader. Uh, we're going to get to all that. And, of course, we'll peek in real quick what's going on so far with Pittsburgh Steelers and certainly, of course, the Baltimore Ravens. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. You go to rockauto.com, you can get it shipped to your house for $216. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know the folks over here at Locked On sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. The news broke late morning today, Pete, early afternoon. And... I know everybody, oh, the Browns are clearing money. There's a certain quarterback they may be interested in, da 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 um, J.C. Treader, and I don't want to, there should be, I don't want anybody to pick up any type of negative connotation about this whatsoever. J.C. Treader was a phenomenal, phenomenal addition and player in his time here with the Cleveland Browns. I remember talking to people when he went down 2018, um, at the time it was the San Diego Chargers, uh, he went down in that game, leaving the stadium in a massive boot, and people, oh, man, four weeks, six weeks. Guy found a way to waddle his way out on the practice field that Friday, never missed a snap, continued the season, and continued to do that up until the only time he missed, obviously, was the Green Bay Packer game this year uh, with COVID. 
Um, every every week you were concerned about J.C. Treader. He could barely practice. Um, certainly the body was not as willing as the heart, the soul, and the mind of a player like J.C. Treader was. Uh, Pete and I had the privilege of sitting down with Joel Batonio a few years ago. And if you notice, Joel went to Twitter today to talk about J.C. Treader. Joel Batonio does not go to social media very often. Very often. They had a great relationship. Um, Joel Batonio could not say enough superlatives when speaking about a player like J.C. Treader. You know, what he meant as far as a part of this offensive line, what he meant as a teammate. You saw the growth of J.C. Treader to the point where he became president of the NFL Players Association. Um, a, a, a pretty high honor and shows, A, number one, that you're an intelligent guy. It shows, A, number two, that people listen to you, people believe in you. Shows, number three, that people just generally like you. His time here was incredible. But, yes, either way, if you were looking at a certain quarterback, there was money that had to be made here. There had to be money that had to be found. And to all the greatness of J.C. Treader the last couple of years, gutting it out, being there week in, week out, there was somebody that was doing the lifting every day in practice because J.C. Treader was banged up and usually couldn't practice. And that's been Nick Harris. This friend, you know, And everybody wants to talk about, oh, well, so-and-so, so-and-so. They weren't – you know, Andrew Barry or Kevin Stefanski's guy, J.C. Treader does fall into that. I'm not saying that has anything to do with this decision whatsoever. I think it was purely financial. But they drafted Nick Harris with the thought of him being most likely their center somewhere down the line. Walked in here day one as a rookie. J.C. Treader was going through a knee scope at the time. He took every snap in practice. He's taken almost every single center rep there is in practice. There were times where he was injured, obviously. But Nick Harris has been basically the starting center for the Browns, except for when they played games. Um, he's been there day in, day out, certainly knows the system. He got his one opportunity to be a starting center. He started his rookie year at guard, starting center against Green Bay Packers, had a solid game against Kenny Clark. PFF backed it up that he had a solid game. It was a time, Pete, where they needed to create money, and they had a player that was really tough to ignore after, you know, what now going into year three for everything he did. And if they felt that eventually he was potentially a starter for this team, the time was now. Yeah, so J.C. Treader um, was another player that was a really quality presence in the locker room. So in back-to-back days, you're losing two um, just good guys um, from that standpoint. And I think part of the reason that it is always sort of – I've always bristled at the notion that um, Jarvis Landry is the culture changer. And it's, this is not to take a shot at Jarvis Landry. It's just that there were people like – JC Treader in there that were doing this work and Joel Batonio and some of these other guys. Like every room almost had a guy that was trying to say we're better than this. You know, we don't want to be the joke of this anymore, but go ahead. Yeah, like that's like these these are all guys who contributed. And, and JC Treader to me, I think, is underrated. Um, I think he should have gone to a Pro Bowl at least once um for his play. He's certainly that caliber of player. Um so he leaves, he's a very good player. Now, the fact that he never practiced may have actually helped out um, in terms of getting Nick Harris to help him take his job because he basically didn't practice all of last year. So Nick Harris got all those reps, and you saw that work itself out against the Green Bay Packers. Now, my immediate reaction has been Nick Harris was tremendous in that game. Can he do it for now 17 games over a season? The Browns are saying, yes, he can. Now, they've been in practice with him. Um, so they are in more of a position to sort of be comfortable with that decision. So the other part of this is look, JC Treader is a tremendous player. Um, and, and, and I suspect if the Browns wanted to, they could have traded him. 
Um, and this probably was a for, you know, out of respect for him, let him go choose his own thing. But um, teams don't want to spend on centers. They just don't. Um, and you, you see like where people are sort of projecting Tyler Linderbaum, who might be a top 10, top 15 player in this draft, but they're talking about him at the end of the first round. It's because teams don't want to invest that much in center. Um, so you get to save about a little over $8 million against the cap with this move, which gives you more flexibility and all these things. So there's a lot that sort of works in that, in that favor, but now Nick Harris, it's his job to lose at this point, And they do probably need to go get somebody else unless they like Blake Hans to potentially compete for that role behind him. And they might, um, but that's sort of why guys like Donovan West um, have made sense as possible guys of the Bronska draft in, in sort of the same mold as Nick Harris. Uh, but you draft guys in the fifth round and you develop them for a couple of years in the hopes that they can do this type of job. Uh, the investment is right where the Browns want to be. Keep in mind that they're still paying premium contracts to both guards and at least for one more year, a tackle. So, you know, it, it, this is, we've gotten to the point where the Browns don't suck and they have to make difficult decisions. And this was a difficult decision. And, and it's tough to see a player like JC go, um, you know, obviously, you know, all he's done here, um, and now being the president of the NFL Players Association for the last two seasons, you know, re uh, voted in here. Um, all the work he had to do as far as, you know, monitoring the players, monitoring and dealing with the league with, you know, through COVID. Um, it, 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 a fantastic job. I know there were players complaining at time, times. Shut up. You all got paid. Everybody's well. That was basically J.C. Treader's job at the time was to make sure you were all going to get your paychecks to make sure everybody in the league, you know, you were going to get COVID. It was a realization, but to make sure that everybody in the end of the day was okay, that worked out. JC Treader, you'll, you'll be sorely, sorely missed. Um, and, you know, I think you sum it up great, Pete, with, you know, good teams sometimes have to make difficult decisions. And this is, you know, look for the Browns, whatever you want to say last year, about eight and nine. Yeah, it should have been better, but it's a good team made up of some solid, good individuals. And sometimes you have to make tough decisions you know, for the good of everybody. And this is one that the Cleveland Browns had to do today. All the best to J.C. Treader. Uh, real quick, Pete, before we put a bow on this one here, um, Baltimore with a bang, bang up, uh, obviously, addition in a player in Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams was fantastic coming out of college. He should have never been drafted as low as he was. Everyone saw it right away in his days with the Saints. This payday was going to come his way. It comes to the Baltimore Ravens five years, $70 million, I think around 37, 38 of that guaranteed. And Mitch Trubisky, uh, I don't know where you're all at with it, Browns fans, but Mitchell Trubisky will be part of the room in Pittsburgh. Obviously, really, really difficult to tell at this point if it was going to be a straight-up competition between Trubisky, Haskins, Rudolph, and maybe a rookie. It's going to be interesting. Um, but Mitch Trubisky, Steelers. So the contract was structured in a way that makes a lot of sense and protects the Steelers. If – if he cannot beat out Mason Rudolph, you'll be basically making Case Keenum money. If he's the starter, he's going to make starter money. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't know where that goes. It's a shot. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's a shot. It gives them the ability to, um, you know, see what's out there. And if, you know, if they draft a kid they like, you know, great. If not, they, they've at least got a quarterback who gets them through a year. You know, I you know I don't know what your upside is with Mitch Trubisky, but it's a shot, and you can potentially maybe get something there, catch lightning in a bottle. I guess you hope he's basically um, 
going to turn into, you know, one of these quarterbacks who, who, who makes it work on his second act type thing. Um, as for the Ravens, they get the, in years past, they have always had premium free agents who are ready to leave. So they have usually played it where they either make trades or sign guys who have been released because they want to sort of protect against, you know, protect against their com- com- compensatory formula. And they traditionally just s- soak up third, fourth round, fifth round picks just for letting their talent leave and keeping some of the guys they want. Um, this year, they don't have those guys. So they bring in arguably one of the best safeties in the league at, for a team that just loves to bring in talented safeties. Um, you know, this is a couple of years removed from from having uh, Earl Thomas and, and that whole fiasco. And now they're right back there at the top in terms of having the safety position, which is um, that's who they are. You know, and I know they changed defensive coordinators and we'll, and we'll see what that changes. But they are a team that is driven by their secondary and by adding uh, ad- adding him, they you know they, they they sort of quickly point out that no 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 our defense is pretty good we just need our guys healthy. Uh, so yeah, some interesting moves and look for the Ravens. I, I think it was definitely you know an, an off year all around injuries. Uh, Lamar Jackson obviously off year all around for them. Uh, they proved that maybe there would be you know you know I think they you know did nice things with Huntley. As far as that, and you know, that was something I know Pete called a while ago that he was probably a perfect guy to be in there. As far as you know, the the backup quarterback to Lamar Jackson, um, you're looking more here for the Browns here in the coming days, obviously. And you know, however it plays out, eventually we have to be spoken about. Um, you know, obviously the Browns with some you know business on hand essentially for the day today in a, another avenue in another position, the quarterback position, as everybody knows. Um, from everything everyone that I trust says it's, you know, it, it's not going to work out. We'll see where, you know, if it that's the case where it works out, if it does work out. I mean, look, we'll have to cover it at some point eventually here. But to the point, uh, at this point, uh, Browns, uh, of course, the Amari Cooper trade over the weekend. You bring in a player like Tavon Bryant, again, somebody you're gambling on athleticism. Uh, the move this morning, you know, Browns move on from Mac Wilson in a trade for the Patriots with Chase Winovich. Here are two players where it's, you know, maybe you're better off with me. Maybe he's better off with you type of situation. And the Browns have moved on from JC Treader, just an absolute, you know, he was a pleasure to cover. Um, it was a pleasure to watch do his craft. Certainly came over with green Bay. You know, it had an injury checkered past and it's funny because he had an injury checkered present while he was with the Cleveland Browns. Um, but found a way to gut it out week in week out, go out there and do that. Everything was asked of him. Um, and it's, you know, when you sign players like that, you pay him money. That's all you can ask for. And, you know, for J.C. Treader, he'll continue in his role. I do agree with Pete. You know, maybe the Browns could have moved him if they wanted to. But you're not, you know, you're not really going to disrespect the guy in that situation. J.C., here's the deal. You know, you can, we're going to move on. Um, it's going to give you an opportunity here to go find your next home. You know, J.C. started his career here. He was married here, has kids here now in his time at the Browns. Um, so be a player that's sorely missed. Um, and in the same respect, though, it's not something that, you know, Nick Harris hasn't essentially earned himself. So again, tough decision. Good teams eventually get to the point where they got to make tough decisions on good players. And the Browns were certainly faced with that here the last couple of days. Um, so this is what we've got for you thus far. 
obviously monitoring the situation, you know, monitoring anything, all the activity uh, as, you know, the Browns will have to be, you know, at the cap or under the cap by four o'clock tomorrow on Wednesday. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest and Sports Illustrated. Check everything out. Obviously, Pete and the team are crushing out the content, uh, following everything that goes along here, things that direct, uh, you know, affect the Browns, Browns players leaving, Browns players coming in. You know, obviously watching around the league in the AFC North as well. Make sure you check out the podcast, uh, you know, for Pete's sake. Um, with uh, Obviously with Nicole, make sure you're checking that out as well. The weekly show, it's been a fantastic, fantastic listen. So make sure you get that rotation. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, make sure you check it again. Everything out of Brian's, uh, Brown's Digest on SI.com. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, we appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever platform you use for your podcast, make sure you follow and subscribe. Leave those five-star ratings written and uh, and written reviews. And with that, folks, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.